0: Hello, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShaw.net Episode 45, Diversify the Profession. Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShaw.net. This is Simon Lewis. I was head of a particular section of the teacher training college, Hibernia mm-hmm. College, um, for a few years um, and I was in charge of um, a couple of subjects, uh, English, Irish, maths and computer science, um, just you know, minor subjects let's say, all wrapped up in uh, what they called Ped 2 or Pedagogy 2 and I had this job for three years. And in that time, one of my roles was to speak at their induction day um, for every cohort of students that were to start the course. And this, I suppose, induction day took place in NUI Maynooth, and each of these cohorts consisted of about, I'd say, about 600 new students every year. So there's a lot of students every year. So I think while I was there, there was about four or five of them. So quite likely, I walked out in front of about two and a half to three thousand students. And each time I walked out onto the podium, as it were, or wherever lecturers tend to stand, I I hoped I'd see one face that just, I guess, wasn't white. Um, And in my entire time that I was there, it never happened. And this time wasn't a million years ago. I know I'm old, but it wasn't that long ago. It was less than a decade ago. And in this episode, I'm going to try and figure out that if I were the Minister for Education, how I would diversify the profession. If you've been listening to this podcast, you'll probably know that I come from a minority background. Um, I was raised in a Jewish family. And as a child, I never really had any intention of becoming a primary school teacher. Um, And it wasn't really in any way on my radar at all, even when I was in secondary school either. Um, all my choices when I was in secondary school filling out the CAO form leaned towards maths, computer science, um, psychology even, and engineering. They were, I mean, if you looked through the 10 choices, they, were, they basically were the, sub, uh, the subjects I was looking at. Primary school teacher didn't function. And had I even uttered the thoughts of being a primary school teacher to the career guidance teacher, I can kind of imagine what the reaction would have been I mean, the first thing that would have been pointed out to me was the fact there was absolutely no way I'd get a job because of my faith upbringing, certainly in Ireland. And if I really persisted in saying I wanted to be a primary school teacher, I wouldn't be given the CAO forms. I'd be given the UCAS ones, which are basically the UK equivalent. Primary school teaching in Ireland is one of the least diverse professions in the country, and I don't think that would surprise anyone by saying that, even in 2020. There's only one other job in Ireland that I can think of, which is less diverse, um, and that's actually the position of a TD. Um, (laughs) That says a lot, I think, in many ways uh, as well. And I just want to talk to you about a study that I was reading about this because I I often do a little bit of research for these podcasts, I don't just shoot off, Um, but I was uh, looking at a study in NUIG, uh, in Galway there, uh, and it found that 99% of teachers identified as white and Irish, and 90% of teachers identified as Catholic. I just want to repeat that, particularly the last bit, because You're probably not surprised at the 99% being white and Irish, particularly if you are a teacher and you work in a school. Um, It's very rare to find someone who's not white and Irish. But 90% of teachers identified, now I'm saying, I'm emphasising the word identified themselves as Catholic. Like, this wasn't a study that was done in front of their mammy, who might give out to them for not calling themselves a Catholic. This was done on their own. They, they didn't even have to... Sh- it was an anonymous survey, I'd imagine. There, no one was judging them. Like, these were a supposedly young, a supposedly highly secularised generation, and 90% of them said that they identified as Catholic. And that excludes people who would identify as Church of Ireland, and that was probably another certain percentage of uh, of that, of the 10% that were there. And you, I suppose you might say, ach, I mean, that probably happened a long time ago, Simon. That 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 couldn't have happened. Um that, that must have been the eighties or nineties, maybe at a push, you know, Ireland was very different, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, you know, especially, you know, how diverse Ireland's become in the last 20 years. The survey was done in 2018. Two thousand and eighteen. Two years ago from when I'm recording this podcast. Now if you go to um my website unshaw.net i've actually i do an article on all of the uh, podcasts i've written the, art, uh, the articles over the last three or four years and i'm recording them as podcast episodes uh while expanding on my thoughts and uh as i do um, so this is episode 45 so if you go to unshaw.net slash 045 um i've posted a youtube clip on that article and it's a, a video uh, that was made in 1969 so um, over 50 years ago and it was of the UK's first black head teacher. 1969 let me repeat that and it's only a couple of minutes long and it's absolutely well worth a watch I think it's a fant- uh, it's a great video and um, because it's really honest it's it, it, it's it's there's no string or what is it bells and whistles because it's 1969 spin doctors haven't been invented and her final line when she spoke about what she felt her responsibility was. And it was to highlight the fact that the differences between race and religion were less than their commonalities. And to me, a truer word has not been spoken, when it, which kind of makes it really shameful, to me anyway, that 50 years later, in Ireland, we still haven't got one example of a principle from a minority background, obviously with the exception of me, but I don't consider myself a proper minority, Um, as, you know, quite bluntly, I don't look like a minority. I don't think I would get into the position if I did look like a minority, and I say that um, with no joy and with no um, relief. Um, It's sad. Some people, um, and uh, I'm sure you might be one of them, uh, because you're, you're usually white and Irish, uh, 99% of you are, uh, will claim it's too early, it's too early to expect any diversity in this profession teaching. I mean, come on, multicultural is only a very new phenomenon to our shores. And to be honest, it's nonsense, absolute nonsense. And for example, Yvonne Connolly, by the way, who is the woman in that YouTube video, she became a head teacher as a first generation immigrant. To, to the UK she didn't have to wait three generations or four generations or five generations to become a teacher she was a first generation immigrant her parents came to the UK and she uh, and and uh, when she was a child and she became a teacher ireland has had a reasonable amount of immigration over the last 100 years um, or so for example my family came to ireland in the 1880s and there's been a and there's, there has been sizable minority populations in this country since perhaps up to you know let's say until the early 1990s about 2 to 3% of the population would identify as a minority however almost none of them became primary school teachers and even if you buy the fact that Ireland had no immigration until the 1990s we're already well into a second generation of immigration in Ireland and yet there is still very little movement and you could say technically if you basically exclude people who are white um, and either and identify as Catholic or Church of Ireland or some Christian denomination. That's about 20% of Ireland's population now that could credibly, credibly be called a, minor- a minority. So why? Why is this? Why, why do we not have any, many or very few? Why do we have such, such um, a small amount of uh, teachers from minority backgrounds? Luckily, I'm not the only person in the country pondering this, thankfully. I, I would be awful if I was, even if it does feel like it for most of the time. The Migrant Teachers Project, based in Marina was set up a couple of years ago um, after this sh- shocking, I think it's shocking, NUIG research. It aims to address uh, this issue of how teachers from migrant backgrounds, who are all fully qualified, and why they can't get jobs. And now I know I'm talking about migrants here, and, I, and I, I'm not equating migrants with um, with, with with people who are from minority backgrounds it just so happens that, uh, that this project helps um, I- in many ways uh, to diversify the profession um, and I just want to get that out of the way but this project anyway was to address why teachers from migrant backgrounds rather than minority backgrounds who are all fully qualified can't get jobs and while it no doubt highlights things it won't take a huge amount of research to figure out the two biggest reasons as to what's preventing them to get jobs in Ireland. And the first is, I suppose, the one that I would um, feel is something that we can actually do something about. Um, And it's basically the almost monopoly of religious controls on primary schools. 97% 97% of all primary schools have a religious body that, that basically controls what goes on in their schools. And people who say oh they don't really have that much control anymore the reason you say that is because you don't notice it because you're in that you're from that that background really I, mean, I don't mean to patronize you but you know generally if you aren't from that background you'll notice it and um, if you're not if you uh, if you are from that background you tend not to notice the control that's there, and and it's only when it's pushed on you um, and and examples are given, you'll find out, for example, if you go for an interview in any religious-run school, and I have, I have done that, um, you'll no doubt be asked about how you're going to uphold the ethos of the school. And think back to your own interview, you were asked that question. Now, while technically they don't openly ask you if you're one of the flock, as it were, it is assumed, and possibly from your surname. If you are called Mary Murphy or Johnny O'Connor, it's assumed that you are from a particular religious background. I mean, is is that not fair enough? Um, and if you're a principal, you know that's true. You just know that's true, especially in certain denominational schools. Um, and I'm not going to you know, start giving other stereotypical names of other faiths uh, because that's not fair. Um, but I have a lovely... Um, I'll just use my own name, Simon Lewis, which is a lovely Presbyterian surname, uh, which is after my great-grandparents who decided to anglicise their not-so-sounding Presbyterian name in order to sound more palatable in the linen industry up in Belfast. I imagine, had they have left it at its original, which uh, was Lazarus, I don't think I would have gotten my foot in the door of a primary school interview panel. What did you think? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway... Naturally, uh, people, and usually they are those of the flock, will deny that. Um, but even if it isn't the case, one has to ask the question as to, if you Google any school and look up their entire staff list, you'll notice some interesting surname patterns between the two biggest denominational bodies. Um, and, 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 and do that. You might as well. And even if this is just an absolutely wild coincidence, why are the schools not openly trying to recruit a more diverse, um, I suppose, a diverse uh, number of teachers. I mean, why would they want to just hire people with Catholic-sounding names or Church of Ireland-sounding names or whatever? Now, while I know there's restrictions there's re- restrictions in terms of advertising for positions in schools, there is nothing stopping a school from stating that they're very welcoming of diversity in their workplace. Now, in my other life, um, outside the principal world, I do a bit of writing, And I notice most uh, magazines these days and journals are specifically stating that they are looking for work from diverse groups. Now, this doesn't happen in primary schools. You know, this is the thing. If you go to any ad on Education Post or whatever it would be, you will never see we are actively looking to work with people from diverse groups. Now, if you're not invited to the party, if you're an outsider, it's unlikely you're even going to show up at the door to see if you might be let in. That's the way I'd look at it. And, and to be honest with you, I was teaching for five years before I met a single teacher from, another, from a minority background. I felt for the first five years I had never met anyone else from a minority background. And it was a further 14 years after that where I've met another teacher. from a, I had Not even met, I saw another teacher from a minority background. And that was on RTE News. it was during the black lives matter campaign that was taking place earlier this year in 2020 now interestingly um from that uh we've um we've we've, i've met a, a few other uh teachers from minority backgrounds um and we've set up this sort of private facebook group for teachers from minority backgrounds and at primary level there are less than five people in this group now honestly there's no excuse, absolutely no excuse in 2020 for not having a visible minority teaching um, in primary schools. And religion is a barrier. It really is. If you know, From talking to the five, uh, to the five teachers that are in that, it, it wouldn't surprise you to, that of them, the majority are teaching in Educate Together schools and the ones that aren't are sending their teacher to Educate Together schools. That's not a coincidence. There's no doubt about it. However, there is one other massive barrier that is going to be harder to break, admittedly so, and this is one of which I guess that middle Ireland and I refer to middle Ireland sometimes in my podcast, and I think we know what we mean by middle Ireland they tend to use it when the religion reason doesn't work if i they they might say well, okay, 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 so i mean you 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 get you you win there, yeah, religion is a bit of a barrier, but really, you know. There is more to it. And in fact, Yvonne Connolly, who I mentioned before, would have struggled if she'd moved to Ireland instead of the UK. And that's the Irish language, Guelga. And some people, and they're usually uh, Irish speakers, will claim that it is our national language and that we all speak it, and so on. They, we, Of course we speak the Irish language every day. I speak Irish every day. However, let's look at the reality. Because, you know, these people who are saying, oh, no, 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 we, 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 we always speak Irish. I mean, I, I, I mean look at the Wales school and look at the expansion of them. We, uh, there's a demand for it. Everyone wants to speak Irish. But we need to look at the reality compared to every other country in the world. Um, because I think it's fair to say that one could very easily live in Ireland for one's entire life and actually never hear somebody speaking a word of Irish outside of a school setting. I'm not saying that's oh, that's definitely going to happen. In fact, I had one experience um, where where I actually uh, was sitting in a sauna <laughs> in, a, in a hotel, and these two lads were chatting away in Irish. I mean, I kind of was a bit disappointed because I was like, "Damn, that that kind of doesn't my my point is now not proven." But I think I was kind of. But I mean. It's very rare that I've actually heard uh, Irish being spoken outside of a school setting. And certainly, I've never heard it outside outside, outside of a school setting outside of the west of Ireland. Anyway, it's also fair to say that if you want to speak Irish, it actually isn't that easy to go anywhere and find someone who's actually able to have a conversation with you, without money changing hands at least. You'll get a grind very easily. However, unless you are almost fluent in Irish anyway, it's impossible to get a job as a primary school teacher. And if one hasn't gone through the Irish education system, it's actually next to impossible to gain enough knowledge of the language without a huge amount of effort. And the problem is that we haven't really figured out whether we really want Irish to be part of our national language or whether we like having it around so it can't be taken away from us. You know, some sort of cultural quirk that nobody really practices, you know, kind of a bit like Catholicism. (laughs) <laughs> sorry i couldn't resist anyway we need to look uh, at where we really are i mean i do believe that we should be making a decision on the irish language i mean i'd be as happy if ireland decided to have irish as a living language as i would be if it decided not to however i am not happy to be in this limbo where we are where it's absolutely preventing diversity in our profession and it's a it's a it's a, it's a big problem it's not fair that we have uh, such such a lack of diversity in our in our profession because of indecision around the Irish language. You know there are. I mean it's a, it's a definitely an emotive area, uh, uh, area and it's one area I'm not that um, emotional about. I I'm I'm happy either way. If Ireland is Ireland is to have Irish as their national language, then let's do it, or let's not. You know let's not have this pretend um, situation. But given that I know that decisions um, about this are likely, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Given I, the decision is like to be on hold, really, um, and we're not going to be doing anything about it. You know, no one's going to actually make a decision on this. We need to do something, given that we know um, language is going to be a major barrier for diversity. We're not going to make a decision, so we better. Be, so basically, what we need to do is knowing that we have that lack of decision. We're going to have to do something about it. Sorry, I'm being very long winded. What I'm doing, and not just for people that migrate to Ireland. What I'm thinking about are the majority of Irish people that, for whatever reason, are not able to speak Irish after 14 years of tuition in Irish schools. And that's not the teacher's fault. Uh, And I went through this in a a previous episode of why do we not speak Irish. Um, It's very much the same reason I don't speak Hebrew um, after 14 years of being taught Hebrew, because I don't have anyone to talk to um, in the language. It's not a living language where I am. And we need to make primary teaching an option for people that don't speak Irish. And, and, and so what I'm saying really is okay fine we're not going to make a decision as a country to whether we speak Irish or not we're probably not going to make every school a like Wales school but we need to be able to have people who don't speak Irish teaching in our system it's good for our system so what are we going to do um, in order to do that well in Wales what they do is they hire external teachers to teach the language and that works really well and something as simple as that would be a great starting point where we spend time making Irish a living language. I actually do think we need to make Irish a living language for teachers who don't speak Irish. I trained in, in Wales um, uh, and I actually did one of my TPs um, in a Welsh medium school. Um, that was a, it was a bilingual school um, and um, the, all the teachers spoke Welsh. Um, actually, all the instruction was in English but there was a Welsh teacher that came in and she taught Welsh but it was expected of me even in the few weeks that I was there, even in the knowledge that I was never, ever, ever gonna speak a word of Welsh after teaching, my teaching practice, um, that I would um, have a few words of Welsh. And I had to, when the teach kids came into the school, I had to say, "Borada," good morning, and at the end, da, good afternoon. I still remember it, um, you know, tw- uh, 20 years later. Uh, I don't remember very much. I remember going Náute, uh, which I think was to say now to the children, but I had to uh, remember a couple of things and um, I picked up a couple of words, um, just for the purposes of, you know, getting by uh, in the in the school. They were very small bits and pieces. Um, but if you look at it, we have two big barriers: religion and Irish. And these are two big barriers that are variables that your average Irish person doesn't actually spend much of their time practicing. Let's think about it. We've got religion and we've got Irish. So only 30% of Irish Catholics actually attend church services these days or take part in anything other than the sacraments. That's according to uh, census figures. And less than 50% of Irish people actually use the Irish language even once a week. And most of that 50% do it in an educational setting, again according to census figures. And yet without these two things that most people don't even do in Ireland, it's almost nigh impossible to break through into our education system the baptism barrier which um <laughs> which basically was uh, was supposed to have fallen and um, is still well and truly alive for anyone looking to become a primary school teacher maybe it doesn't stop children from coming into the school but it certainly stops teachers from coming into the school as well and this baptism barrier is painted in bright green to stop uh just to make sure that it's as irish as possible so ultimately we have to tackle this issue now I think it's absolutely shameful that Ireland's primary teaching profession lacks diversity so badly. We don't even have to make massive changes to make it easier for teachers from diverse backgrounds to enter our profession. We need to support all teachers. Um, you, I just need to stop here because you're probably hearing um, some, dis, uh, some kind of uh, noise in the background. It's actually lashing rain above me, uh, so just forgive the, the noise in the background. It might soothe you to sleep, maybe, if my voice doesn't, but anyway, we do need support Um, all teachers and especially now we need to get teachers from diverse backgrounds the time has passed for 20 year plans and all that kind of stuff it's unforgivable that there's so little diversity in teaching in the 21st century interestingly when I have these conversations and I I make these points and and there really isn't anywhere for people to disagree with I don't think anyway not because I'm good at arguing them but it's very clear that these reasons can be tackled easily enough I think I've just done that most people say that while they agree with what I'm saying, and that we definitely need to look at it, there is much bigger issues out there to be tracking now, and they'll list a bunch of other things that matter to them, you know. Um, so they say, yeah, yeah, no, no. In fairness, you are right, and so we do need to diversify the pressure. But what about? And there's all this what aboutery that goes on, and it's always generally to do with, you know, paying conditions or whatever it might be. I don't know, and they're obviously important, but it's they say this to the detriment of like. Well, we can't do more than one thing. We can't do more than that. You know, we, we, we can come to that in another time, as if it's not that important. And I've spoken, I mean, I've spoken to the, the, the head of, a union, uh, of, uh, of the teacher union, not, not the current te- uh, head of the teacher union, and I've talked to other representative bodies about this issue. And while they all agree it is a problem, they, they totally agree it's a problem, they also know there's absolutely no appetite to change it. There's zero appetite to change it. And I'll be honest, I'll be very honest with you, it's really lonely being the only principal in Ireland from a minority background. You know? And it's even more lonely when you find yourself in a situation where everybody in the room thinks they're doing a fantastic job of being inclusive. And you're there, sitting there, knowing they're not, number one. And number two, that if you show them why they're not being inclusive, they turn on you. And sometimes I know I should just shut my mouth when i'm in, you know when i'm in polite company especially when i know the end result but because i'm very open about all this stuff and i'm open about my background and people are aware of it when i sit with them um, at conferences i mean people do uh, i mean i'm not that well known or anything like that but if i go to conferences or training inevitably the subject of training diversity comes up when i sit down there because other there's Simon, uh from the educate together um, and without question someone at the table will say how wonderfully inclusive their school is to minorities Um, when when the subject comes up. And the thing is, they really, really, really believe it. They actually believe it. And, you know, and when I'm there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to them about how inclusive they say they are, and sure, we're all very inclusive, they say, and blah, blah, blah. I should just shut up. And like I was saying in my last episode, nod and go, hmm. But I always have to ask them whether they'd hire me if I applied for a job in their school, knowing what they know about me, because they know if they do, and which they do. And I asked them, what if I was 100% honest in the job interview when they asked me whether I would uphold the ethos of the school? And if I answered saying, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to be, uphold your ethos, even though I, you know, even though I wasn't raised in your faith, would you still hire me, I'd ask. And you won't be surprised to hear that the subject changes very very quickly however the thing is they still walk away still safe in the belief they are inclusive we've a long long way to go and as primary school teachers if we want to see more diversity and I don't know if we do really do we I mean I I think we do I, I think we need it and um, because only then um, will we see how much we need it we need to start encouraging whatever generation we are teaching so the children in front of us we need to actually encourage them that this is a profession that they should strive for. So that is it for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. A fairly heavy topic, uh, diversity, I know, uh, and I I guess I'm coming from, I suppose, uh, a background where I'm considered diverse. I don't really consider myself very diverse. I'm, um, you know, I come from a Jewish background, but everything else about me isn't diverse in any way um however uh i'm as as i said to a journalist recently i'm probably as diverse as it gets uh which is, says a lot about our profession anyway i hope you enjoyed the episode and i and be sure to tune in every friday at 5:59 for our next episode um, this uh, uh, podcast can be found on apple uh, podcasts spotify google podcasts and all the rest of the podcasting apps uh just by searching for OnShaw's podcast or if i were the minister for education Um, If you subscribe to the podcast, you will get the episode a little bit earlier than everybody else, uh, which I'm sure will make you overjoyed by not getting something on a Friday evening, Uh, (laughs) because uh, I think we're getting used to getting circulars on a Friday evening from the government uh, at this rate, that it's nearly not a thing. Anyway, as well as that, I'd really, really appreciate you reviewing this podcast if you can, and thank you so much to all the people who've uh, had very generous things to say about this podcast, Um, it's really, really gratifying. And uh, please share um, the podcast with your teaching colleagues uh, maybe to encourage them to maybe listen to some episodes that you might agree with or even more importantly disagree with because your feedback would be is always appreciated. And I love having a chat uh, on the various social channels. Uh, you'll find on Shaw, uh on Facebook, uh, but you'll also find uh, me talking about my Anshah.net episodes on uh, my Twitter handle, Simon M. Lewis. That's M for monkey, although monkey is not surprisingly my... Uh, um, my middle name, in fact, my middle name is Morris, uh, which was my which was my mother's maiden name. But that wasn't her original mother, uh, maiden name talking about diversity. Her family diverse, uh, sort of anglicised their uh, name to Morris, which is a nice Irish-sounding surname, from Mofsavich. So you can imagine um, I might not have gotten a job with a surname like Maff-Savage, uh in the teaching profession. Anyway, that is all I have to say this week. Um, I'm, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, it's a subject close to my heart, as I hope uh, that came across. Uh, the rain in the background hopefully didn't distract you too much. Look, that's it from me. Thanks a million for listening and we'll catch you again. All the best. Bye bye.